What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I've got Ron Angel on the show. He's an Army vet and really has gotten it with a software engineer that got his mind right. And I'll tell you, he's hired a bunch of coaches. He's got his, um, his mindset is correct. And he just quit his corporate job not too long ago. And he talked about exactly how he did it, why he did it, and how you can too, and some of the steps that you need to take. He also dropped some serious like uh, ninja direct mail advice and advice for like kind of tweaking a campaign. So uh, stick around, enjoy the show, and we'll play the theme music and then it'll be an interview with me and Ron. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What is up, everybody? We are back with an amazing episode, and I'm, uh, I'm really excited to talk to uh, my guest today. So um, I don't know him incredibly well, but I've heard of his story and know his story, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys today because I think it's really going to kind of motivate you to uh, maybe get off the couch, get out there, take some action, because big things can happen if you do. So um, without further ado, I want to welcome my guest, Ron Angel. Ron, how are you? Yeah, doing great, Bill. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited for you to be here and I'm excited to get to know you better and hear some of your story. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in the position that you were in um, and they want to be in the position that you're in now. So uh, give everybody like a little background about yourself and um, maybe like how you got into real estate. Yeah, sure. So I was actually in the, in the military. I was in the army back from 2002 to 2006. Um, after I got out, I actually got married in the military. My wife got stationed um, at Fort Stewart, Georgia, and we bought our first house there, um, which we knew we would then turn it to a rental. Um, kind of fast forward, we picked up another rental there, um, but mostly stayed very passive, just having those two properties uh, there for a while. Um, I went on to uh, start my career as a software engineer um, here uh, on Long Island, New York, uh, and my wife went on to become a nurse. So. Uh, fast forward to kind of the middle of the pandemic towards the end of uh, 2020. Um, by that point, I had been doing software engineering for about 12, 13 years, um, being pretty successful at it. Um, I was the director of engineering. I had just gotten a, a new job at a big company, a um, Fortune 300 company. And um, I realized that my the career that I had and kind of how I was spending my time wasn't really what I wanted. Um, it was, I think it was, I, I had listened to the four hour work week and realized that really what I needed is, is that, um, that time freedom to be able to spend a lot more time with my family, to control my schedule. Um, and I wasn't seeing that in my career. Um, as, a, as a software engineer, as a director of software engineering, constantly kind of, um, uh, you know, working late hours, you know, uh, online late at night when the website is down, things like that. And I wasn't really being there for my family and, and I wasn't living my best life. So it was then that I decided to uh, you know, figure out what, how do I get that time freedom? And, uh, and real estate seemed like the natural, uh, the natural direction to go into. And that, that's how things kind of started. So, okay, so you got that kind of shift uh, of I want to do this. What was the catalyst to actually do something? Like how did you kind of jump in and, and say, okay, like now's the time. And then what did that look like too? 
Yeah, absolutely. So it was it was definitely a process. It wasn't like one day I woke up and said, I'm leaving my job, you know, in three months. Um, I had gone online on bigger pockets and started networking. I found um, another mastermind called the, the Real Estate War Room, which is for veteran and military, you know, active duty uh, real estate investors. Um, and I had also um, a couple months into that found an executive coach. Uh, to help me with things like mindset and, and figure out how I can take both my career to the next level and the real estate. And at the time, I wasn't planning to leave software engineering anytime soon. I was thinking, okay, I want to build a cash flowing portfolio. I need this amount of money in passive income before I can leave my job. That'll probably take me five years. Um, but it was through working with him where I started to change the mindset and see the possibilities and see how, you know, different ways to build momentum where I can really accelerate that timetable. So I went from like, okay, I'm thinking five years is my timeline to I can do this in two years to 18 months and then to, hey, I want to leave by September. And this was back in maybe April of 2020. Um, so it was then that I actually started to, to figure out and really strategize and find the tactics of how do, I, how do I get out of this career and become a full-time real estate investor in a matter of not years, but months. Um, and that took a lot of planning and um, yeah, you know, and, and other things that went into that. All right, now I want to back up a little bit because you kind of glossed over it a little bit. You talked about the War Room Mastermind. I'm very familiar with that. Stu and uh, David are good friends of mine. And then, um, but, and, and you said you hired a kind of a performance coach. So was that easy for you? Like you're, you're going from, uh, I'm going to jump in here and just hire a coach. Like talk me through that because I think a lot of people um, might see that as an expense in the beginning. I remember my journey of like, Joining that first mastermind group and paying that $25,000 for me was like, it just insane. Like it was a huge jump from where I was of never spending any money to, to investing in myself. And like, if I really go back to it, it was a major process. So was that easy for you? Talk through that a little bit. It wasn't easy. I mean, it, it was a really very serendipitous how I found this guy. So um, it's kind of a silly story. So I was online um, on a website called bark.com. I was looking for a piano teacher for my wife. She said she wanted to learn how to play piano, right? And I'm, and I'm on this growth journey and I'm trying to encourage her. So I went to find somebody for her. Uh, and, I, and I found like a little ad on that website that, that said, you know, uh, performance coaches. And so I said, let me just put my info here and see what happens, right? Because I knew that other people in the War Room Mastermind had performance coaches and, and they had seen really great success. Um, so a couple of guys called me later, literally later that day, one of which is the guy I ended up hiring, um, and I'll, I'm very you know, proud to mention his name, John Peitzman. He's a certified high performance coach. And he called me, told me a little bit about his process, and we set up kind of like um, a call, to, like an exploratory call to, to talk about what such an engagement looks like. Um, and for him, what he kind of recommended to me was you know, one of his bigger packages because um, you know, I was a pretty successful you know, software engineer, pretty successful leader. And he was thinking, okay, we can do something like 18 sessions and we can work on all these things. And, and what does this sound? And he hit me with the, the sticker price and the sticker price was big. I mean, it was, uh, it was quite a bit of money and I'm, you know, here skeptical. I'm talking to this guy, he's in Australia. I mean, and I see, I, I do the social proofing. I see what he's done, but it's like, it's still a very scary thing. Um, and I also had to sell that to my wife and, and I talked to my parents about it and they're like, no, don't do this. He, he wants all the money up front. He's, you know, and, you know, he tells me it's because to, to get me to like really be committed. He sees that his clients that, that pay up front rather than like in installments is like, those are the ones that are successful because they have all the skin in the game. 
And so they're trying to discourage me and, and not, not discourage me, but like really try to get me to, to, to think about, am I willing to do this and to, to pay the sticker price? And it took, it took some convincing and, and I, I knew, I mean, I felt in my heart I was doing the right thing. Um, and I looked at it as an investment in myself and helping myself accelerate um, and really, you know, bend the learning curve for what I wanted to do in my career. Because at the time I was still thinking I'm going to stay as a software engineer for at least a little while um, and help get some momentum. Um, but yeah, it, it took some convincing and I did it against, kind of against the advice of my parents. My wife ended up kind of like tentatively supporting me, but still being a little skeptical. Um, but then it was after the first, you know, first and second weekly sessions that I did with them that, you know, it was very clear that the, the dude is the real deal and the results I'm seeing already are, are real. And it was just, there was so much new excitement and um, kind of hope for the future of what this can end up being because I was already starting to see some of those early results. And so... So I remember my journey, it was kind of like, I, for, I fortunately had people that were encouraging me. So I, like my dad, I remember my dad encouraging me because he had paid for consultants and coaches and things like that in his past. And then I remember my wife looking at me and just saying, well, do you think that they can help you? Is this the path that you want to go? And I said, yes, then, she said, then just do it. Um, like she just didn't really care where we spent our money because I was kind of the money guy, right? Uh, and so I was the cheap one that was holding back. It's not like you have... It's interesting because people around us kind of like try to protect us, but they don't know. Like you, you said, they were discouraging you. They were really thinking that they were protecting you, right? They thought that they were saving you um, when really it's just the fact that um, it's, it's interesting because we go to advice a lot of times. We, we go to people a lot of times for advice that haven't been through that journey or don't want the same things that we want or haven't experienced what we want to experience. And those are the people around us. Like we, the opposites usually attract. Um, there's like the yin and the yang. Like me and my wife are very different people. She could care less about personal development. I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on it. And now, and, and so, you know, over my journey. So especially now, like uh, you mentioned that, like I, I'm charging $50,000 a year for 12 people to be in my eight-figure group to do high-performance coaching, like one-on-one -on -one stuff with them, like really trying to get them to the 10 million plus level. Like how do we get, how do we really get them to the next level? And so I understand what a big sticker price is like. You know, I, on a call, I have to tell people this is how much it is. And I had to get over some internal fear myself of like, can I even charge that? Am I worth that? Those kind of things. And so both sides go on a journey through all this. So you jumped in there. And then was it immediately like off to the races in real estate? Uh, you got, you, you joined the war room. You got um, uh, somebody to help you with some mindset stuff. And was it immediately like success, success, success? What does it look like next? Oh, it, it definitely wasn't immediate success, success, success. Um, th that was al also a journey. So um, I was kind of starting from scratch. I had to, to pick a market. And myself, being a software engineer, it was, it was really analysis paralysis. So, you know, I went and I studied, like, how do you analyze a market? What are the data points? And I spent, it's crazy, it sounds really nuts now, but I spent like two and a half months building um, a model to to actually analyze markets, right, with all the data points. And it was based on Neil Bau as a foundation. And I went and I did all this other research um, until I, I kind of picked the, picked the market. And then I was still unsure of like, okay, I picked the market, now what? Now what do I do? Um, and it was sort of all these steps along the way with uh, the war room and the guys I was networking with in there and our accountability groups and, you know, our weekly meetings there to slowly take steps to, okay, now I need to start contacting um, you know, realtors and looking for deals and starting to make offers. Um, 
But but then you know things started uh, building momentum. Um, I, I started improving my networking. I found a couple of deals that I partnered on uh, through that, and that was all through the war room. Um, so I found a nice wholesale deal that you know um, still working on now, trying to sell on on the other side. Um, uh, new construction that I'm working with a partner as a as a capital partner, things like that. Um, and and obviously some some more recent developments over the last few months after joining Runway. So you mentioned Neil's name. Did you go to Flip Hacking Live in 2020, the virtual one? I didn't. You didn't. So no. the first Flip Hacking Live you went to was this year? Correct. Okay. So what, uh, what made you kind of like jump and say, hey, I'm going to come to this event? Oh, I mean, it's, it's really simple. I saw other guys in the war room that were involved in seven-figure flipping, and I was asking my buddies in my, you know, in my accountability group, what, what is this stuff about? And they're like, oh, it's this thing that some of the bigger players in the war room do, and you know, it's, you know, uh, it's helped them a lot. So that's when I started to get curious about it, um, did some research about seven-figure flipping. I actually even like, applied to be in altitude because on the website it says, it doesn't matter if you've done no deals, just apply and, and we'll help you with that journey. Um, and really the advice there was, okay, here's some, you know, here's some materials you can start reviewing and maybe join us at Flip Hacking Live and then see where you go from there. Um, so you so got on a call with, with Dave about altitude from an application, like, like I, because I've mentioned this on the podcast a lot, is like, you, you, although runway's closed, like fill out an ap altitude application, let us talk to you. And what we want to do is just understand where you're at and how we can help you either get to that level or be ready for the next uh, next event or the next time we open up the doors to runway, or maybe it's an academy, or maybe it's just keep listening to the podcast or get the book or all the different things that we could help you with. Um, can you tell, like, tell me, honestly, this is funny because I, I actually want to hear about my company. Like, how was that experience? Was it like that? Or was it like high pressure sale? You should be in altitude. No, it was great. I can't remember who it was that reached out. I think it was started with a text. Maybe it was Kayla or somebody. Um, and it followed up with a phone call. Um, and the, you know, we, we talked about, Hey, altitude isn't right for you, but yeah, there's the Academy, which I, I ended up not, not doing right then and there. Cause I want, I, I had planned to join runway and you can join, you know, go to flip hacking live. You can, uh, join runway when that opens. Um, we even, um, they even offered to do the, um, what, what's that personality test? I can't remember. The, uh, oh yeah. Culture index. Yeah, the culture index. They said, "Hey, fill this this out, the culture index, and we'll get you on a call with a specialist that can help review that for you." And that was gratis. I mean, that was free of charge. And so we walked through, and you know, it turns out I'm an, um, uh, not an architect, a craftsman. And so we talked about what you know, building a wholesaling business might look like if I'm a craftsman, stuff like that. It was it was great, and didn't pay for any of that. Um, but it just set it, it really just set the right tone with what seven figure flipping was really about, and got me that much more excited to like. Like at that point, I already knew. I knew what, what the sticker price for one way was going to be. I knew I was going to Flip Hacking Live, and I knew right after that I'm joining that thing. And I was very excited about it. Cool. So tell me about Flip Hacking Live a little bit. What was it like for you? Oh, it was amazing. Just uh, the level of energy throughout the three days was was incredible. The content was incredible. It was like drinking out of a fire hose for, for me as a purely as a new guy. Like I wanted to implement everything, and that wouldn't make sense for somebody just starting out. But it it, it just it showed me the amount of uh, kind of uh, information and, and the resources and the people that are available to me being associated with this, this group of people. And so it gave me the confidence. So late, later when we fast forward to when I left my job, it gave me the confidence that when I joined such a group, that a success is almost a foregone conclusion, right? As long as I show up 
and I do the things needed necessary to be successful and I follow the coaching, right? Um, it's success is a foregone conclusion. Awesome. Well, okay. I'm glad that the experience was good up to this point. Right. So then like, what did, what did the success inside of the real estate realm look like? Like how did that kind of start building and, and what, what's developed uh, since then? Yeah. So since joining Flip Hacking, uh, uh, since joining the Runway Group, um, I've started my uh, wholesaling business uh, based out of uh, focus on Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. So I'm doing this virtually, obviously. Um, I did kind of go back to the beginning and analyze the market where I want to do that wholesaling. Um, but I also I already had a foundation with which to start. So that basically took me a week um, and started doing the, the laser coaching. So I picked a market, started my direct mail. Um, I'm now in my third month of direct mail. I've since done a bit of pivoting because I wasn't getting the results I wanted. And, um, you know, I got some of that from the laser coaching. So, um, so like Mike Simmons, for example, Ryan Smith helped me with that. And um, I, I now had, have my new uh, direct mail campaign hitting mailboxes as of like Tuesday. And now the leads coming in are like three or four times what I was seeing before. So I'm now starting to really build momentum with leads coming in and starting to see the path to what does it look like for me to actually get a, a deal um, and see that end to end? So it's really can, exciting. Can you share some of the changes that you made? Are you open to sharing that with uh, the audience? Oh, yeah. Like what what are some of the things that you were doing and then some of the changes that you made? Sure. So what I was doing at first, I was sending about a thousand mail postcards a week. Um, I was targeting primarily um, uh, non-owner occupied high equity properties in my market. Um, and I was focused just in Raleigh proper. I wasn't, you know, focused uh, beyond that, which is a very, very hot market. If anyone's looked at that, there's a lot going on, a lot of competition, um, a lot of people in that market. Um, so what I've done since then is I've expanded out to the entire county. So getting a lot of the surrounding areas where deals are a little bit easier to come by. Um, I've uh, expanded my list so that I can send a lot more mailers each week. So I've, um, I'm going up to um, trying to send about uh, 4,000 a week. I'm, I'm at 3,000. My list isn't quite big enough. But I expanded my list with a lot of um, basically a lot more vexation. So not just targeting the absentee owners, but I'm looking at things like um, uh, pre foreclosures and divorce and failed listings and like all those niche lists. And together, I think about have maybe 8000 records like that. And I'm supplementing the rest with the non owner occupied, you know, um, high equity. Um, but that are very much in my buy box of what the par properties I'm targeting. So it's much more targeted. And then beyond that, uh, a couple other tweaks I've made is um, I have a new postcard. I, I don't have it here to show you right right, right here, but um, a new postcard with a picture of me and my family that I got uh, done with a professional photographer that I think will will build trust. If people will pick it up, it'll be different than every other postcard. Um, certainly no other postcard has a picture of me and my family on it. Um, uh, and then additionally, um, I'm staggering my mail pieces. I have, um, I'm doing five drops. So every week there's a drop so that rather than doing it like on the kind of on the month cutoff, it's five weeks so that when the next time you get hit with my mailer, it's not at the same time of the month. So there's a little bit of staggering. So I might find you at a different point in your cycle. So then it, you know, might cause you to, uh, you know, actually pick up the phone and, and give me a call. Okay, nice. Yeah, I messed around with anywhere from four to eight weeks. So like I would just try to say I did a bunch of testing. So I, I really do think data, I mean, as a software engineer and a data background, you're probably looking at everything and analyzing it. And that's really important, especially as you consistently do something. 
So how is it going? Make a slight, slight tweak. The problem, the problem that I always found was with the human psyche, there's like a hundred different variables at least of how they feel when they open the mailbox, you know, all the way to who gets it. Is it the wife or is it the husband or is it the kids? Like, is, are they at, in town? Are they out of town? Like, what happens, you know, in the whole, the whole the cycle? Uh, same thing with text, same thing with phones, all that stuff. So I try to put myself in their shoes to think through it. Like, you know, I'm in pain. I'm doing this. This is how I feel, you know. And, and I have to feel bad on the day that I open the mailbox, look at the card, and, and want to pick up the phone. Otherwise, yours might go in the recycling bin, and then two days later I feel bad, and I, now, I'm, now I'm motivated enough to pick up the phone and call somebody. Um, but for everybody that's listening, the first thing that they do is the first thing that you do when you get a card like that. You go to your computer and you type in some information about it. So if you Google your company and Google yourself and Google the phone number, what are you going to find online right now? So I'd highly recommend and encourage everybody to do that because that's the place that a lot of people are going to go first. Like you said, um, and really even to take it, I, and I love marketing by the way. So when you, when you jump into that high performance coach that you were talking about, you, you use the term social proof. And so you went and did a bunch of research. So what are you guys doing? Remember, if, you're, if you think that's a big price tag and a big sticker price, this is their biggest asset that they have and they own typically and they will ever own in their entire life. So what are they going to do when they get your information or you reach out to them? Like the first thing that they're going to do is go try to figure out who you are before even talking to you. And they form an opinion before they talk to you. You've formed an opinion of me and the company and Seven Figure Flipping and all this stuff by asking around, hearing word of mouth, was it positive, was it negative, and you kept going. So um, for all of you, when you're thinking about marketing, think about all that. It is not just what it says on your postcard. It's not just that it has a picture of your family. It's like they're going to pull the string for a while before they just pick up the phone and call. So think about how you buy. Um, how do you buy stuff? How do you engage with other businesses? And if you can just keep asking why, I bet your marketing gets a lot better. So, um, and you start looking at it from a holistic standpoint as opposed to just one postcard producing all the results that you have. So, I don't know if any of that helps, but um, I think no, that- No, I love that, yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there that are just like, I just, I need to tweak my postcard or I need to send, I'm looking for that silver bullet. The silver bullet really is to have a global holistic thinking on your marketing and how everything interacts with just that card. Like it's not just the card. Um, what so data does it hit the mailbox? Like you said, yeah. every five weeks instead of four, test that out. Um, hypothesize, test, and pivot is what I, it's just the three things I'm always thinking about. I have this a hypothesis of what I think is gonna happen, I'm gonna test it, and then I'm gonna pivot and make some changes. And you did that, which is, which I commend you for. Um, so what's happened, what's like recent uh, happenings inside of your life, and, and it sounds like you left your job as a software engineer, you mentioned that quite a few times. Um, what is that like and how did you make that decision? Yeah, so I think I, I knew back in last April, May that I wanted to do that by the end of the year. Um, and I was targeting September, you know, just full transparency, September is when my company's, you know, uh, stock vests and bonuses pay out. So I'm like, oh, right after that, I'll just drop the mic and, and leave. I ended up staying a little bit longer because I wanted to make sure that, that um, you know, I, I led many teams and one of, the, one of the last remaining things I really, really enjoyed about what I was doing before is, is leading and coaching and mentoring and really being there. For, for my teams and, and my engineers and like seeing them grow and, you know, giving them hope about, you know, when, when things are tough in the, uh, in, in the projects that they're working on, the, a lot of late nights and weekends and stuff, like there's light at the end of the tunnel. So I really try to be there for them. So I'm, I wanted to make sure that 
the transition that I had with my company, I was leaving them in a good place. They could find a replacement that we can do proper handoffs. And so I decided to extend it out. Um, and I ended up settling with my, my manager at the time at, at end of the year after some discussion. So kind of, kind of dragged it out. Um, to be honest, if it, me, myself, I think I was kind of happy it was dragging out because it is a little bit scary to like, to like leave and leave that very secure, um, job behind with the salary and, and, and all those benefits that, that come along with it. Um, so, you know, I was dragging my feet uh, there too, to be honest, but, um, but basically it looked like I, I had a conversation with my manager was back in last May. I remember cause I wrote it, you know, my, I keep a daily journal. Um, and I, I told him, Hey, I'm thinking at some point, probably this year, probably by the end of the year, I want to, I want to leave. You know, I want to do this real estate thing full time. I explained to him what was going on in my personal life and what I was realizing about what, how I wanted to spend my time, which is why I wanted to make that kind of that, what appears to be a drastic move to me. It was a no brainer, but for an outsider, pretty, pretty drastic thing. And, you know, we had many conversations about it, decided on timeline and, and, and so on. Um, so yeah, at, at the end of the year, um, you know, left, said all, said all my goodbyes and, um, and that was it. I'm still keeping in touch with, with everybody there. Um, kind of keeping an eye on things. I, I feel like I, I, I'm st I still feel a very strong connection to it because of the people that are, that are still there and the, the, those strong relationships that I built over time. So when I, when I was flying from the military, I got my company to like, I think we did like 180 some deals the year that I left and we were somewhere around $2 million a year as a company. And I was making pretty good money, like way more money than I was making in my job. And so, and obviously I had, we had some complications with James and we were moving and all this stuff and I didn't want to go back and deploy again. But it was very easy for me to leave. Like I was making a lot of money on the real estate side. So it was easy, at least on the financial side for me to leave. Um, was it like that for you? Like, were you just absolutely killing it in real estate and, and ready to pull the plug? Or so, I, I mean, so I understand it wasn't the case, right? So, so how, I guess there's probably some people that are listening, like this guy is crazy. Like, what is he doing? He's leaving a high paid software engineering job for a, an idea, a, um, a goal, a plan, like he can see it. So how did that work with you? Cause you were just like, yeah, it was an easy decision. So yeah. talk through that a little bit. Yeah. So there's a couple of aspects to it. Um, one, the kind of the more tangible one is as far as finances. So basically what I did was I looked at, you know, how much savings do I have? Where can I tap into uh, equity or capital to, to build a runway for myself, for my, myself, uh, both for the business and for myself personally, you know, because it's going to take some time to really build momentum and start getting that income. So I, I had that exercise. Um, as well as you know, that that conversation with my wife of like, hey, I know you're worried about this. Here's here's where our finances look like. This is what our what our runway looks like. Actually, we can we can go quite a while, really a, a couple of years, arguably, without me earning a salary, uh, without us you know having to worry too much. Um, and then the other part of that, what really made it easy is realizing, and a lot of this came about through my work with my uh, my performance coach, is like realizing what do I want out of life? Where do I want to be? Like what type of person do I want to become? And what is that, what is that person doing? What does that life look like? To where I knew a hundred million percent 
that this is what I absolutely have to do. I have to take this risk. To, it, to me, it doesn't feel like a risk, but I have to take this risk and I have to eat into some, some capital, you know, to, you know, for my runway in order to, to bootstrap myself. But it's, it's a no brainer. Uh, this, this is what I absolutely have to do for me to be happy, for me to eventually get to the goals that I want to be. And ultimately that's for my family. So, you know, you mentioned something it's, it's interesting to see this. And my only guess can, is that in putting your story together in the short time that we've spent together here on the podcast, um, you wanted to quit your job in five years, not too long ago, like a year ago. Right. And that five years compressed to a year. And now you're saying it was easy. I bet a year ago, those five years were probably sounded like that was a stretch. Like, I hope that I can do it in five years. So what, what, I'm, what I'm putting together, and I hope that I'm right, is like the shift in the way that you think and fundamentally like look at life and look at every decision that you make has changed because of your mindset and because of the, um, a lot of the work that you've done on yourself over the past maybe year, year, year to two years. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Because I bet if we had this conversation a year ago or a year and a half ago, um, it, you know, you would be saying, I, I hope that one day I can leave my job and I think it'll be five years from now. It's, it sounds really scary. It's, I'm a little bit nervous about it. And the development that we make in a very short period of time, especially at least I contribute a lot of my changes to coaching and being around the right people and those kind of things. Um, but if I sat in the same office flying the same airplane having the same conversations with the same people over and over again um i don't know that my potential would have ever gotten unlocked in something like i'm doing now so i how do you feel about that no that, that's exactly right it's it's really the work that i did on myself that opened my eyes both to um the possibilities as well as where do i where did i actually want to go um i feel like a lot of people at least this holds true for me is that I just always assumed that I would continue on my career path and that the next step for me was, you know, always going to be oh, the next promotion, the next promotion. Let me just get as high up as I can. Um, and it took me realizing that um, and, and part of that mental shift happened a couple of years ago through some mentorship from a, a former manager where I realized, well, maybe what I want isn't the next promotion. Maybe that's not like what I, I want for myself, maybe that's not going to make me happier. Right. <clears throat> so there were some, there were some seeds planted a long time ago, but it's really realizing in getting the clarity of where I wanted to go that, you know, made everything else, everything else just kind of followed. Mm. What, uh, what kind of advice would you give to somebody out there? Who's like, you know, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this, but they find themselves not taking action for some reason, just being kind of paralyzed. Like you mentioned that a little bit, but like, what kind of advice would you give to them if they're sitting on the sidelines saying, I want to, and maybe it's one day, it's the next year. It's now's not the right time. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things, one, surround yourself with people who've done it and like spend meaningful time with them and, and figure out what, how did they do it? Right. So that you can see that, that it's possible, not that it's just, you know, sort of, um, these, <clears throat> these, uh, you know, blog posts or, or things you see on bigger pockets that's just like, there's no human there, but actually meeting with people who have done it. So you, this, like your, your mind can see that it's actually possible. You see other people do it. Um, and then just starting to take action, starting to take small steps and actually starting to see the results. Um, you talked about this at our, uh, at our January event. Some people need to see the entire roadmap before they're ready to take the first step. And I definitely used to be that kind of person. They're just being comfortable 
with, okay, figuring out what is, what is my next step. And you can find that out by talking to the people who've, who've tread that path in the past and then just taking it and seeing the results. So for example, um, you know, sending out that first batch of mailers and just see, you know, how many people pick up the phone after doing that for a month and just having the faith that something will happen because there's a track record of lots of people doing that and it, and it works and taking that step and seeing it, seeing it, uh, you know, seeing it materialize. And then what's the next step? Okay. Now I got to get a little bit better at talking to these leads and starting to convert them to appointments and doing that. And then just building on top of that. Yeah, I took something that I absolutely love from Tony Robbins. He's got these four boxes. One is uh, potential, then action, then belief, or, or then results, then belief. So potential, action, results, belief. And um, I always kind of just looked at it like going around a cycle, right? You have unlimited potential or virtually unlimited potential. You take a bunch of action, you see results, and it changes your belief in a positive way to say that I have more potential, and you keep going around. Um, now, I was at his event recently, and he went even further on that and said, um, the, the challenge that you have in taking action is that you don't really have the belief yet, right? You, you don't necessarily believe it. And so you mentioned one way to believe it is to get around people. And like, tr you're right, truly being around people. Like I, I listened to podcasts and I was reading Bigger Pockets and I went to like meetups and stuff like that initially. But I still remember the first, like the very, very, very first belief change that I had. And it was even before I joined Seven Figure Flipping. I always kind of attributed everything to joining that group, getting in the room with like Mike Simmons and Andy and, and Justin and all these folks. And, and, but that was like massive belief change, right? But I went back because I'm, I'm preparing for this RIA meeting that we're starting a RIA here in Nashville and we're going to stream it. So if you guys haven't signed up, go to 7freacom You can sign up for that. I would love to see all of you uh, on the Zoom call uh, tomorrow. Uh, and by the time you get this, this comes out, it'll probably be another one next month. Um, but <clears throat> in there, I went to a meetup group at my, the first place that I was actually like interested in real estate investing. It was a RIA group, just like we're trying to start. <clears throat> I shouldn't say we're trying to start. We're definitely starting it. If you show up tomorrow, I will be there. I promise. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there. Teaching. You'll be there? Yeah. Awesome. You're flying in to Nashville? Virtually. No, no, no. Virtually. Okay. okay. Good. Um, I think you should. It's going to be great. The, um, but in there, I, I saw, I was a test pilot in Pax River, Maryland. And one of my engineers, the guys who work for me, um, on some of the tests that we were doing as a, um, a civilian engineer. He was at the meeting and he was flipping three houses at one time. And I remember, I remember going, oh my gosh, like this guy Casey is, I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, uh, you know, I, I do a little bit of real estate investing. I was like, like what? Because I thought it was kind of a big deal. Like I had one, two rental houses and that's it. I had two rental <laughs> houses. I thought I was like, oh, I know a lot. Of, and I've been reading tons of books and all this stuff at the library and Bigger Pockets, And I probably had like 500 posts on Bigger Pockets giving people advice by now, right? Um, for free. So <laughs> hopefully none of them took my advice because it's probably <laughs> crappy. And so, um, and so he, he said, yeah, I'm, I've flipped like, you know, 20 or 30 houses um, in the past few years. And I'm doing like three or four right now and stuff like that. And I was like, what? Like three houses at one time? I just blew my mind. I was like, I, how do you even do that? Where do you find them? What? What's, what's going on? Like, how do you, what are you even talking about, man? It was like, I just saw Superman with uh, like Clark Kent with his cape on, right? Like with his, all of his stuff on, I was just in awe of that. And so I didn't even remember this until I was really trying to go back in time in my head to the very beginning, like even way before the beginning that I can remember. 
And I remembered that moment and exactly how I felt. And I sat in that and said, this is what people need to see at this RIA. They need to see that, that be in person, be there, even be on a Zoom potentially, but see actual like human beings that they look at that go, if that person's doing it, I can do it. Like, and that's it. That, that allows you to take more action. The second thing that allows you to take more action is to see the results in your head before you start. Like, not just this, like, create a vision board or this kind of stuff, that, the touchy-feely things, right? But, like, actually, like, sit in it and know that it happened. Like, it already happened. It's there. Like, you, you are there. I can tell. Like, I can hear it in your voice. I can see it in your eyes, uh, your body language, your confidence. You're like, I mean, it's a done deal. I will be successful in this. Yep. It's done. That's why you're so confident and so positive that you made the right decision leaving your job. Like, it's already done. And when it's already done and you believe that, then you take more action because you have to have the belief before you start. And I think that's the, the challenge that we run into. We, we look at this as plan C or D or E in our long list of plans. It's a backup plan to our job. It's a maybe if it works, I'll be more interested. And, and, and then we take a little bit of action. It doesn't turn out the way that we want. We meet some resistance and we quit. Everybody does that. And so it's, those are the two ways, I think, and, and it, it could all be looked at in those four boxes, those four special boxes that I'm so glad that I saw him do because I've just grabbed onto him, memorized it, could draw it in my sleep. Like, I look at it in my head all the time, and I just go in around and around and around, just taking more action and bigger action, bigger results, more belief, more potential. And it's just like a train that can just keep going like a flywheel, right? It's really hard to stop once it starts going. So... I'm really excited for you. Um, I can see it. Like you are already successful in your mind, and you will take over the world. Um, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon unless you let it. Like the only thing that's going to happen is if something gets in your way, and your your the, the 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 stories that you're telling yourself in your head start start eroding and start becoming negative self-talk. So yeah, that's I, I agree completely. And you know, I, I have bad days, and I've had like bad weeks over the last you know few months or whatever but i always try to maintain that consistency to go back to the routine go back to taking action and seeing the results again to to build up that momentum and it, and over time more and more momentum builds and you have fewer of those bad days because your your belief is starting to change and you know things start kind of you know the natural course of things starts just taking place awesome all right well anything else that you want to say to anybody listening who uh uh, I don't know, any other advice that you got or lessons learned? Oh, man, now you really put me on the spot. Well, I, oh, yeah, so th this is a great one. Uh, one thing that I picked up recently is the 12-week year, and I put that into place last quarter. That was, I did that in the middle of quarter, so I started with a six-week year, uh, but that's been a complete game changer for me for, and I actually just posted uh, on this this morning on uh, social media about, um, Kind of really getting clear on the immediate next goals and the the tactics and strategies to execute um doing it consistently uh doing the scorecard each week to to reflect and make adjustments and and just continuing on so that's been working really really well for me and i'm just going to keep doing it and i highly advise anyone who's listening to pick up that book and start putting those things in place and the accountability is really a key part to that and i love that we have that as part of the the runway group 
Yeah, we have an awesome built-in account, small group accountability, and Brian Moran has helped us build those out. Actually, I've got to spend some time with him. It's been really special over the past year or so, getting to know him and uh, getting together in person and and on Zoom. Uh, and if you guys are listening and you want to check that out, he, I um, I had him on the podcast probably. Oh, I don't know. It was probably six months ago or a year ago. I'm not very good with time, but Brian Moran was on the podcast talking about the 12-week year. Some great advice on that show. And uh, pick up his book. He's, a, he's an awesome dude. Like, really, really great guy. And has been helping us a ton. Um, our staff got trained by him directly. Um, they're continuing to getting trained every single month for the next two months, too. So um, really, really good stuff. Um, what's next for you? Just continue to execute. I mean, um, getting a bunch of calls now, a lot of leads coming in, trying to close my first deal, get my first contract. Awesome. What uh, what's the plans for 2022? What are some of your what are you, what's your goals? I'm going to put you no, here on the spot so you can look back and go. No, I love oh. that. No, I'm actually fully transparent. So my goal, my admittedly ambitious goal, is um, gross profit of one million dollars this first year in in 2022. All right. How many deals is that that you have to do? Do you know? Well, I want to say 67. I think that's the number you hit your first year. I it, did. It happened to be. I, I have my whole spreadsheet of what that needs to look like, and ended up being that same number. Awesome. Yep. I did. Uh, I think I did 67 deals. We did about 700,000, but the market is a lot better. So a million dollars in growth profit with 67 deals is easily doable in Raleigh, North Carolina, for sure. Um, so, all right, everybody. Um, I had a good time, uh, Ron. It was really nice kind of getting to know you, hearing your story. Um, I, I, I can tell, like, I really can tell that positive energy, that attitude, like, I, I've been around a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that are getting going, a lot of people that either have it or don't have it. And sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm wrong about the people that, that I think don't have it, that do have it. But I'm rarely, rarely wrong about the people who are positive and like ready to take over and, um, and they don't. So uh, I'd say keep that up. I agree. We all have bad days. I have them all the time. Um, on a regular basis, sometimes I'm uh, not productive. I have negative self-talk. I have limiting beliefs. I have mindset struggles and issues. And uh, my biggest thing that helps me right now is this gratitude piece. Like I have a, uh, we moved into this new office and I have all these stacks of uh, thank you cards. And I found three times the amount that I had in my stack in my old office, just putting all the papers together. So I just stack them up and I read them. It's notes from previous members, from people in my life, uh, Christmas cards, stuff like that. Just hey, you're really good at what you do. Thank you so much for helping me. You've got done this, you've done that. And man, that is massively powerful for, for us. Um, a big part of why we send out thank you cards at all of our events uh, to people all of, you know, in the groups, in the runway and altitude groups, is so that they can get that, especially when they're starting to feel a little bit down, like they're not doing everything that they should. And then just being grateful for everything that we have. So hopefully that helps anybody that's listening. If you're getting to that point, um, it's really hard to be grateful and and angry, mad, upset, frustrated, uh, sad at the same time. So, um, Ron, thanks for coming out. Hey, if anybody's in uh, Raleigh and they want some wholesale deals, how can they find out more about you? Okay, you can uh, go on my website, um, presentdayproperties.com. Presentdayproperties.com. All right, uh, hopefully the team will add that to the show notes. You can click on it. Uh, you can go check out Ron, and you can, I'm sure you can find him on social media, anywhere else, and, uh, and at Flip Hacking Live and all of our runway events. So um, if you're not there, you need to be there. And also networking in the RIA group. I think what we're going to do inside that RIA group, since we are going to be networking in person from 6 to 7, I think we're going to start promoting and doing breakout rooms for people from 6 to 7 where they can get to know some other folks and uh, do some networking on their own if it's a virtual Zoom-in that people are going to be doing. So um, once a month on Thursday nights, we're going to be doing these, and we do want to open it up to the world. So uh, anybody that wants to hang out, attend, 
Uh, and then the cool thing is after that, I'm going to do a deep dive uh, the next week for anybody that wants to go way deeper on the framework that I teach um, at the RIA. So I'll do like two to three hours of really deep diving content um, the Tuesday after. So this one is going to be about marketing and finding deals in 2022. And so I've got a framework structure for that. And then I'm going to do a deep dive for like two or three hours. Um, I think I saw on Tuesday, February 1st. So I'm really excited about that. So it's going to be fun. I'm working on all of that right now. Uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing you there. And uh, everybody else, uh, come check us out, sevenfigureflipping.com. Um, share the podcast if you love it. Um, grab a book, uh, 7ffbook.com. Uh, anywhere that you can find us, we'll, uh, we'll have something for you at any stage. Just like Ron said, um, if you fill out an application at sevenfigurealtitude.com and you're not ready, you're just getting started, it's a great way to talk to us and our team about how we can help you uh, get to the next level, even if, it's, even if it's our free stuff. Like just, we will not sell you something that you, you, that's not for you, you're not ready for it, those kind of things. This is not the community that we have, and that's why I think it's really, really special here. Um, I want to put those people out of business. They're selling you a $50,000 program that you're not ready for. And uh, just get a free book from me and watch our YouTube channel if that's what you need or the podcast. So, um, all right, everybody. Ron, thanks for being here today. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, and I'll see you guys on the next show. Bye.